Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 278 of F-Stop. Collaborate and listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week on the podcast, I was joined by one of my favorite Australian landscape photographers, Jeff Freestone. Jeff quickly arrived on the scene just a short couple of years ago and is already producing some of the most compelling and unique intimate nature photography there is, so I was really excited to chat with him. I find Jeff's story to be inspirational and I'm a huge fan of the way that he conducts himself as a photographer. Well, time is running out to submit your photos to the Natural Landscape Photography Awards. We close entries on August 31st and we're getting really excited to begin the judging process. Our goal is to showcase and elevate realistic and natural photography that demonstrates exceptional skill in composition, presentation, and personal expression. If this sounds like the type of work that you want to see more of or find compelling, please support and join our initiative by submitting your work. We're giving away over $38,000 in prizes and include the best work in our perennial fine art book, which you will receive at no cost if your work is showcased within. Just head over to naturallandscapeawards.com to get started with your submissions. Okay, let's get to the show. All right, Jeff Freestone, it is so great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Matt. Really um, appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, of course, man. I am a really big fan of your photography. And um, we have really fun conversations on, I don't know, Instagram and Twitter, it seems like, depending on which platform we're active on that day. <laughs> and it's a, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, cheers. No, you too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't hurt that we have a lot of the same viewpoints on a lot of different topics. So That's right. Makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Conversation going. <laughs> Yeah. Well, for, for people that aren't familiar with you and your photography, those those few unfortunate souls, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Jeff. Um, I'm an Australian landscape and nature photographer. Um, I'm based in a remote part of Victoria, um, town of about four or 500 people. So it's quite small. Um, and yeah, I'm based probably about the the base of the Alpine National Park. Um, so yeah, so I've been here for um, me and my family um, for about five years. Um, moved up from Melbourne, um, so I'm married and I've got three kids. And yeah, um, just been doing photography yeah for uh, probably uh, since about 2018, uh, 17. Um, and yeah, just um, something that kind of sparked my interest from moving up here but I've always been relatively creative I grew up always drawing and um, interested in artistic things and when I was older I taught myself how to play guitar and um, yeah so it's always been something that I've always had an interest in but it kind of got um, put to the put to the side when I kind of entered the corporate world and um, started following a different path and I kind of lost that um, passion and didn't realize it until I actually moved up here um, so yeah so that's kind of sparked that interest um, back again but yeah um, that's me nice why why landscape photography um, so yeah like I said I, I always I didn't always have a camera in my hand but it was around my dad had cameras um, just kind of gathering dust and um, 
he you know I just borrowed them they were film cameras actually um so yeah I just used them every now and then and um enjoyed the process of you know taking photos and that sort of stuff um and it I probably had a camera for most of my life but just took it on family trips and that sort of stuff and never did anything creative or thought I was doing anything creative or artistic with it um but always enjoyed it and I think I kind of always knew in the back of my mind I'd enjoy doing something with it um but yeah like I said I kind of lost that um motivation or um uh, you know once I entered kind of the corporate world I kind of lost that that interest I didn't really have any time for anything um really outside of that but once we moved up to the high country um I'd it was about five hours away from where I grew up um, and I'd never been here before um, and I never knew this part of Victoria existed, but it, yeah, it's mountainous, it snows up here and and when I got here, um, I was just blown away by the scenery. So um, I had a camera with me and um, yeah, I had a lot of free time on my hands, so I just started exploring and it really just blew up from there, really. Um, it was more the interest from the scenery and just trying to show people at home and stuff like that which they've gotcha. seen before but yeah it was um yeah it just started from that really just getting out in nature and um it kind of just blew up from there yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting you talk about corporate world what was your what was your corporate life like what was that all about what kind of work were you doing so yeah i entered probably about 2004 2005 um i'd actually um studied graphic design so originally because i was quite artistically minded growing up um that was originally my drive and my passion um but that kind of fell through um when i went you know trying to enter that market it was just impossible at that time to get a job in that market um i was young and <laughs> probably not as ambitious as i probably could have been i just didn't care a lot of my friends were going overseas at the time so i ended up going and living in the uk um just going bucket this and just lived in the, went <laughs> traveled over with friends for about um 18 months and when i came back um i had no money i had to go live with my parents again which wasn't something that I was overly happy about. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was just desperate for work to try and get out and, um, and you know, start doing things again and, um, you know, maybe possibly go overseas. So I was desperate for work. Um, I still couldn't find work in graphic design, so I ended up getting a job um, just like in a call centre in a finance company, um, AMP. I don't know if you're familiar with them there. I think they're Australian company um so yeah so i just entered that um that role um and from there it kind of just spiraled into me figuring out that i could um you know make a living from that um the company paid for me to study to become like a financial planner so i ended up just kind of getting caught up in that whole corporate lifestyle because a lot of the people that were there loved that lifestyle that's what they wanted to do so i kind of got just pushed into it and well, not pushed into it but fell into it um yeah and i ended up just kind of enjoying it for a good probably 10 years or something until i just began to really hate it and think about more about what i was doing for my life and um the stuff that had got put to the wayside kind of thing i guess um and yeah just started thinking more about um what we were doing what i was doing what me and my wife were doing that sort of stuff and yeah and then ended up leaving that 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 um career path gotcha when you when you have a really good paying job and it's you know providing you with that financial stability and your ability to like 
do what you think you are supposed to be doing in this mm. life, like mm. buying stuff and having a nice house and a nice car. It's hard to lose sight of all the other things in life that probably are important too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I really got caught up in that, that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is easy to get caught up though, especially when you're starting a family and um, you realize <laughs> you know, the cost of starting a family and that sort of stuff. So you can really get stuck in it as well. It's very easy to get stuck in it. Right. Well, you know, one of my favorite things about you, besides your incredible photography, of course, is kind of how you've come to value time and nature over the quote unquote grind is what I would like to call it. But, but you know, you value your time and nature over the grind to acquire more stuff. Can you talk a bit about how that particular aspect of you has come to be? Yeah, so that probably was around the time that I started, like I was saying, started um, thinking more about what I was doing and where I was um, in my life and my wife was doing a similar thing as well. So it was 2016, about 2015-16, we had our first child, she was three, and... Um, yeah, we were just thinking long term where we were planning on going, what we were doing. Um, you know, we wanted to have more kids and that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I was just in this job, um, you know, working to pay the bills, that kind of typical thing. And um, house prices were just insane. So we were living quite far out of, of Melbourne. We had to move quite far out. And I was traveling, you know, probably two, two and a half hours each day back and forth and yeah it was kind of just seeing where it was going and it was probably going to get worse and yeah we just started thinking a little bit more about that um and what happened was we actually stumbled across a podcast um by these two american guys called the minimalists um good stuff i've i've seen i think both of their movies or whatever yeah real eye-opening stuff yeah so they were about I think about a year into their podcast um, when we came across it. So we just like flew through all these episodes of them just basically, yeah, they were similar guys, corporate guys, six figure salary, um, corporate guys that had just done a similar thing, realized that they thought that, um, you know, they'd, they'd worked their way to the top. And once they got to the top, they'd be happy and they had everything they needed or felt like they needed, which was, a, you know, a big house, car, everything like that um fancy cars and things and yeah they just weren't happy and they could see the other people that were close to retirement just hated their lives as well and what they were doing so yes they basically just quit um and decided to i guess journal everything that they've done and that's what they do now they just um you know teach people um that sort of stuff and try and help people realize a similar thing if that's what they're they're wanting to do or not wanting to do um so yeah, so we just kind of listened to a lot of that and started reevaluating um, our lives and um, the things that we wanted to do. And um, and for me, a lot of it was about spending probably more time with the family and kids growing up and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so uh, we just made a big change um, in 2017. We sold our house and got out of Melbourne and we moved to where we are now. So um, you know, a lot of that was about. Um, you know, reevaluating our lives and, you know, simplifying things, I guess, um, and trying to spend a bit more time doing things that we wanted to do and enjoyed rather than getting to like 60 and realizing, you know, we wish we would have done that kind of thing. You know, we'd always said we'd love to live in the country. We'd probably do that when we're retired, but it was like, well, why can't we do that now? And yeah, a lot of that was kind of spurred on from that podcast. It was quite interesting actually listening to these guys that had kind of already done that sort of stuff. Um, 
And I guess just realizing that there's not just one set pathway that you have to follow. Um, if you don't want to follow that, you know, that that's like a, a roadmap that, you know, people have, have followed for a certain type of lifestyle. And we didn't realize that that wasn't really a lifestyle we wanted. So, um, so yeah, so we went down that path and, and, and through that, long story short, I kind of discovered photography and, you know, I was actually, it's kind of strange, like, a, you know, I wanted to get back into something creative. Um, and when I got here, I didn't actually think about photography. I just had a camera and it was something that I wanted to do, um, which was photograph, you know, the landscape. And it just ended up becoming quite obsessive. And yeah, so I didn't plan for that to happen, but I knew I wanted to get back into a more, spend more time doing something creative. Um, and yeah, just kind of flourish from there. I love it. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> some people might be thinking like, oh, that guy's nuts. But I personally <laughs> think it's inspiring personally. So yeah, I, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, it definitely takes some some bravery to pull off a maneuver like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, family kind of thought, what the hell are you doing? Um, <laughs> um, and I think most people, like even when I quit my job and stuff like that, the corporate guys just didn't get it at all. They were they were just like, what you know? That's why would you do that? Like you've got you're on a good career path here and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was just I, I think a lot of them expected us to come back. So you know, it was something that I don't know. I think it was just the timing of it as well. Like listening to that podcast, we really got into this like zone of like, yeah, we we just kind of like built up this energy of yeah, I reckon we can do it. So just to kind of keep a safe kind of uh, a bit of safety under our belt. I think we gave ourselves like 12 months. Um, and if it really just didn't work, you know, we could go back. You know, there wasn't any harm in going back. Um, so like when we came here, we didn't buy anything um, like a house or anything straight away. We just, you know, wanted to see how it goes for 12 months. But yeah, honestly, like since we've moved here, we haven't looked back. Like it's just been, you know, exactly what we were after. And the kids love it here as well. And um, yeah, it's just really great. Yeah. I don't so, think I would have found photography if I if I didn't do it. Yeah. So objectively speaking, you're happier now. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. It's, um, and I'm I'm guessing that it's in some ways though it's not easy, right? No, it's it's not. But um, I think part of it, like, I, it's not like a you know the the whole minimalist movement and stuff like that we didn't become minimalists we just took bits of it and stuff like that so you know I don't want people to th- well it doesn't really matter but we you know I'm not a, like a minimalist I'm not one of those kind of people that you know we've got three kids so our house isn't like just bare bones it's we got right. like toys you don't and stuff live in a, you don't live in a tiny house and no, <laughs> no. but yeah. we just use that at that time we still use it to some extent like living you know in a quite a remote part of um the country um, you know, we don't have access to, you know, shopping centers, all that sort of stuff. Like we have to travel to that sort of stuff. So that was also something we just wanted to get away from all the, the stuff. Um, and I think that's kind of helped over the years. Like we just still, it's not like we follow like this, like, um, minimalist roadmap kind of thing, but we just, we just got a lot of that clutter kind of out of our lives and that mindset as well. Um, and yeah, like, you know, whenever I say to people, like uh, all my friends in Melbourne and stuff like that they don't live this life and they couldn't live it. So I don't like preach it either because I know it's not for everyone. Um, but yeah, we just enjoy the lifestyle. Um, you know, it's just a simpler lifestyle. And um, and I think it's also as well, like, you know, a lot of things have opened up for people to work remotely as well. So, you know, the town's like full of farmers and stuff like that. I'm not a farmer, but like I can still do, um, uh, you know, financial planning work, I can still work from home and that sort of stuff. Cause you know, like COVID really opened that up for a lot of people. So you can still, 
um, you know, there's still a lot of those sorts of opportunities that are available. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about photography. I'm curious um, how your attitudes and beliefs about material things have influenced the way in which you approach your photography. Um, yeah, so it's probably a similar thing to what I was saying. Like, it's probably just like the mindset, um, just having a more simplified lifestyle kind of just opens your eyes to, to other things. And I guess that's what kind of drew me to photography or the landscape nature photography to begin with. It was just, um, you know, I, I was just seeing things that I'd never seen before, even though they were there. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, it's just a lot of i think when you're in that kind of rat race um working to always get the next job or all that all that sort of stuff you're just stuck in a lifestyle it's very easy to ignore a lot of stuff that's just around <laughs> you know um so yeah i think it's just a, a lot of that just really kind of inspired me just seeing things and enjoying you know cliche kind of term the simpler things in life and that sort of stuff so um yeah, and I think it just allowed me to, like, you know, simplifying our lives and, um, you know, removing myself from that corporate lifestyle and having more time for creative endeavours and that sort of thing just allowed me to be a bit more free with what I was actually doing as well, not not always feeling like, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to get back to, you know, doing that and stuff like that. So, like, I could just be a lot more free with um, how creative I was being um, and the feeling of having that freedom just kept growing and growing i just enjoyed it. it was something that you know so i kind of just left my let myself kind of follow a particular direction that was open um and i've just enjoyed it ever since i love to hear that i mean i feel like a lot of people who are in photography especially people who have you know busy hard stressful full-time jobs and they can only get out to make photos a couple times a year you know i think sometimes that attitude carries over into the photography too where it's like mm. i have to go to this spot and i have to get mm. this photograph or else my trip is a waste and yeah. i think uh you know if that works for you that's that's cool i personally used to do that too and i almost quit photography because of that and i think kind of approaching photography more from this more i don't know more relaxed more just kind of We'll see what I can find and be open to what I discover. I think, yeah, you're you're probably not going to get that super recognizable, epic, iconic image that you know you're going to sell four hundred thousand prints of. <laughs> mm, yeah, but I think you're probably going to have a much more satisfying, long term relationship with photography. Yeah, and I think that's why you know I've had a lot of like creative things in the past that I've gotten really excited about. Um, and drove right into them and then just I've lost the motivation. But I think maybe that's why I've kept going with this is because um, it's been more about probably like the experience or, or what I'm doing when I'm doing it kind of thing as opposed to just the end result. Um, and I think also for me, not it not being something that I'm relying on for money and that sort of stuff, has that's been a massive driver for um, being a lot more creative as well. Um, I'm not sure how I'd go if um if if i was relying on it for income i'm not sure if it would drive me to push for different scenes and that sort of stuff but um yeah that that was a big driving force for me to go down more um or just 
you know, experiment with different styles and shooting different scenes and not worrying about what's on social media and if it's going to do well and that sort of stuff. Um, it allowed me to become a bit more creative and, you know, and go, going down that path of creativity and finding things that, that really excited me and it kept pushing me to want to do more. So, yeah, yeah, I think it... Um, there's a lot of factors that can influence, you know, outside factors that can really influence your photography um, in many different ways. Um, and sometimes those factors are a bit out of your control. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, like, we can't control the weather. Yeah. Um, we, if you have a job, you can't necessarily control the, the days that you get to go. That's like, right. you're yeah. planning in advance. Um, so, you know, if you're going to... If you have all of that stuff out of your control, it seems like you should maybe just focus on the things you do have in your control, which is kind of having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are some ways through which you've found more meaning in your life through photography? Um, I think it's probably just um, the aspect of uh, being out in nature and um, – just enjoying being out as opposed to like when I, I I did try and, you know, get into photography when I was living in the city um, and I always felt like I had to produce something and there always had to be a result because I was so limited with my time. And I think I just, um, I felt like I I wasn't really, um, there wasn't any motivation or enjoyment in what I was doing. It was just, am I going to get a shot? Is it good or not? Does it work or not? And I just didn't enjoy the experience, I don't think. I think it was also because I wasn't really travelling too far, so it was very um, city-based um, photography. Um, but I think once I started shooting landscapes and being out in nature and just having the freedom to not um, produce results, um, you know, a lot of people do talk about, you know, the enjoyment of being out in nature, but it really is, you know, it changes things. Once you start doing that and you're out in nature and you start actually realising that you're enjoying being out in nature and you're kind of um, separating yourself from producing results, um, it can become addictive in a way. Um, you know, you kind of, you know, every t- every now and then whenever I'm, I've got a massive break in photography, I have this urge just to go out, um, you know, and just get away particularly with the family, three kids and stuff like that. It's just, for me, it's very, um, that's my relaxation and um, my meditation, that sort of stuff. That's where I get that sort of stuff from. So, yeah, I just find that um, it helps um, yeah, potentially be a better person as well, um, spending time in nature and that sort of stuff. So photography's really allowed me to do that. I just never did that before. I never thought to just go get out in nature. I, I wasn't someone that went hiking or anything like that. So, um, yeah. And it was just never anything that we did growing up or anything like that. My family didn't really go camping. So for me, like seeing this sort of stuff when I moved here, it was just like, whoa. <laughs> I know people have experienced all that stuff growing up, but I hadn't. So it was like this rush of energy that I had. So, yeah, I just couldn't get enough of it. So, yeah, it was probably just um, being out in nature and really just enjoying um, the feeling of being out in nature and, you know, having a more simplified life and that sort of stuff. Um, it all just kind of came together and, yeah, just really enjoyed that a lot more. How have you found your relationship with photography in nature and your overall kind of mental status in terms of like how you're feeling about where you are in life and kind of your mood and like how you how you engage with other people online or in real life? Like, have you noticed there's any correlation between 
the amount of time you spend in nature and those other things. If there's like an effect from yeah, spending like more a, time in nature. Like a positive yeah, so. effect. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I haven't, I, I just went on a trip just recently. It was only like a three day trip. Um, and I hadn't been, I don't reckon I'd really been outside of like my local area, which is a pretty large area, but I hadn't been outside of that since before COVID. Um, and, you know, I hadn't done anything that wasn't more than even just like a one-nighter. So um, when I went out and I was just away, um, when I came back, I just felt like I had this feeling that I hadn't had for a long time. And I think it was just this feeling of, you know, I just got this huge break and this um, massive um, intake of nature, <laughs> I guess, that it just, um, yeah, I just felt felt like I needed it in a way. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if the uh, there's – I think it's partly, you know, the time that I spend in nature but also living where we live now. Um, you know, that all happened at the same time. So I'm not sure how much of I can contribute or attribute to being in nature or just where we live. It's a very um, – it's much more slower lifestyle here, so um, I find I'm probably a lot more relaxed than what I was when I was living in the city and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it helps both where we live, um, but also spending a lot more time out in nature. And um, yeah, it's just kind of like I said, it's kind of like meditation for me. And when I go out, it just um, it, I can really clear my mind quite easily. I usually go on my own as well, so I can really get focused on what I'm doing and um, clear my head quite quite easily. You know, earlier you you mentioned that you don't have to depend on photography um, to put food on the table, mm. and I know we've we've been engaged in some debates online with others about like how they do have to do that and how how they like the choices that they make in order to do that. You know, it, it, how there's all things are on the table in terms of finding a way to put foot on the table right mm. um and i'm i'm in, i'm implying some things here like you know nfts and things like that but i don't want to talk about that specifically but where i'm going with this question is how much of a luxury is it for you and what impact does it have on you and your approach to photography that you don't have to depend on it for your for to put food on the table yeah uh, I think it was like something I only realized like later once I started producing more intimate stuff. Like that's what I'm kind of producing a lot more of now. Um, and I've been producing for a while, but um, I tend to like look back on my photography and not analyze things, but think about, you know, cause I'm, you know, it's a big part of my life. I kind of think about um, what kind of role it plays in certain areas of my life. So um, I have thought about that quite, quite a bit before about, um, you know, what direction my photography would perhaps take if I did have to depend on it um, for income and that sort of stuff. And, yeah, I think the luxury is that I can just produce whatever I want regardless of, you know, social media or needing to sell a, an artwork or anything like that. Um, you know, it's really just for me um, at the end of the day. Um, and that freedom just allows me to go out and just not go looking for something um it's really just going out into nature now and then being quite reactive that's probably how i shoot mostly at the moment is just being reactive to whatever it is so i don't i don't pre-visualize i don't do any of that stuff really unless i'm going somewhere which i haven't been for a long time to somewhere where i know there's you know 
particular scene in mind, but a lot of the stuff that I do in my local area, we don't have iconic locations or anything like that. So it's really just going out when the conditions are right and just seeing what I can find. And yeah, I just don't have that mentality of having to produce something um, other than just for myself. Um, and I think that's really opened up a lot of doors into the work that I'm doing now. Um, I find that, you know, that there's a lot of stuff that I'm, I won't release, but that's just because I don't enjoy it or I don't like it or it doesn't meet certain criteria. But um, I, th I think my, my photography would probably take a different path if I did have to depend on it for income. I, I think I'd still try and produce what I'm doing now, but I think um, – at the end of the day, you know, if you're, if you're producing something that isn't earning income and you need that income um, and you find an avenue that is going to produce income um, but perhaps isn't the path that you'd go down, it can be a, um, yeah, a bit of a crossroad as to which way do you go. And, um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all, you know. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that um, for anyone that does that. Um, I'd love to earn income from my photography um, or be able to do it full-time. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd have the same freedoms as I do now. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that in conversations we've had, that it's not that you're not, you don't want to monetize your photography. I know you're actively trying to sell prints and things of that nature. But I'm curious if there's part of you that is kind of grappling with that a little bit in terms of how much do I really want to focus on the monetization part of this? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I think I've avoided it for a while until I started getting people saying that you know that they'd like a print or something like that, and that's where I guess uh, it started to go. I'd start to go down that path of going, oh, well, you know, there's a bit of interest there. So you know, if people want to put that on their wall, I'm more, you know, I'd love for that to happen. Um, and you know, there's nothing nothing like selling a print to someone, someone putting it on their wall. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just mindful of of just trying to stick to what I'm doing and not what other people want. And it's very easy. I've gone down that path a number of times, even when I'm selling prints and that sort of stuff. Uh, it's very easy to um, for your mind to sway to, you know, well, the, you know, go out, shoot a sunset or something like that because that might sell. But I think it's just being a bit more mindful of um, what your intentions are. Um and I think I've even gone down that path in my photography kind of journey where I've tried to produce work that may do well or people might like, but then it just doesn't. <laughs> so it kind of like, it kind of answers my, you know, my doubts or those sorts of things. Like, you know, I, I just become surprised as to, you know, the the prints that will sell. Like, you know, a lot of people say that they can never know what will sell and what won't. Um, but yeah, I think it's just for me, it's just being a lot more mindful about, um, you know, why I'm still sticking at it and why I love doing it. Um, and, yeah, I do have the luxury of not having to rely on it for income, but if people are wanting to pay, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it, it can be tough um, to try and figure out which way you want to take it. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of happy with where I'm kind of sitting at the moment with it and enjoying what I'm doing and that sort of stuff. So, you know, those things might change later on down the track. Um, but, yeah. At the moment, I enjoy the freedoms that I have with my photography because I do love what I'm doing um, and I like having that freedom. So I'm kind of reluctant a bit to sway, to try and push something, to try and, I don't know, sell out workshops. I, I wouldn't mind doing workshops one day. Uh, might be something I might end up doing, but 
um, I'm in no rush to go down that path, if that makes sense. You know, I'm not going to push something just for the sake of making it a viable business or something. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like your value system is on your personal satisfaction and kind of being happy with the process and happy with your own work. And if something else, if that takes you somewhere, that's great. Um, But but sounds like for you, like that is kind of the foundation of what your your value system is all about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I kind of feel like I want to protect it because it's something that, um, you know, this whole journey has kind of been about like coming up here and living up here and, and, and I love shooting the area. Like it's just, it. I don't, you know, I'm lucky to live somewhere where I just shoot the area. Like I, I don't feel like I really need to go anywhere else. So I think that's part of it as well. Like I just shoot because, of, you know, um, I've got so much, you know, beautiful scenery around me and that sort of stuff. So I just enjoy shooting that. But um, I think I also just want to protect that creative endeavor that I've got. I, d- I don't want to be doing something and then end up hating it, um, which I know, you know, in all different walks of life and different career paths and endeavors, it can become like that. Um, you know, early on in, like I was saying, that I studied graphic design. I remember when I did like work experience for a few graphic design firms, I learned really quickly that what you think graphic design was when you're studying it isn't anything like what it is in the real world. You know, you, you're not you're not designing things um, for you. <laughs> you're designing based on what other people are paying for, and they'll dictate exactly what they want. And then you know, seeing people kind of go into it and end up hating it. Um, I just didn't want it to go down that path, I guess, with photography, and I, I don't need it to go down that path at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I think it would be. Um, I don't know what I'd do, actually. Yeah, if I just end up hating it and then having to do something else, I don't know what else I'd do. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it would be just something that um, I think I just want to keep for myself, I guess. Yeah. I have a an extremely controversial question to ask. Uh, and I don't, don't mean to put you on the spot, but it just occurred to me that it would be a real juicy question to ask. <laughs> um, and I don't – I'm having a hard time finding a way to ask it without – alienating people but uh i guess my question is do you feel like there is a subset of photographers or artists whether it be musicians or nature photographers or you know anyone who's good at uh artistic craft do you think there are people that are sacrificing their core values for success um yeah i i guess yeah, I think that there would be. Yeah, that you know, you can see it. Um, I think um, you know, on Instagram and that sort of stuff, and just knowing, I guess, people like, I guess, if you're not naming names, you're not really doing any harm to anyone. But that you know, that just happens. It probably happens really anywhere um, with any kind of artistic endeavor. But um, I think a lot of it is just because it's so easy to get drawn to. Um, or drawn by making money and success and those sorts of things. It's very hard to pull yourself away from that and just say, I I don't want that, you know, Um, or I'd rather protect what I've got because I enjoy it or say, you know, would you rather not make any money and just enjoy what you're doing or um, not perhaps enjoy so much what you're doing, still do it, but make a crap load of money. Um, You know, I think people's values can easily get swayed, um, when they're throwing a lot of cash or success or that sort of stuff, it's probably just human nature, really. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I think I, there are. I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. I've yeah. I've always um, I've always wanted to like 
like if, if someone were to ask me, would you rather have a job that you didn't particularly enjoy, but it paid the bills? Or would you rather make all of your money through photography, but have to do it in a way that made you feel like you were not being true to yourself? And I would pick the bad job every time, mm, you know? Mm, mm. Um, but I, I don't know if that has, comes down to like principles or what, but to me, it's like there's certain things that I want to protect about my love for photography. And um, mm. yeah, there's just certain things that for me are just off the board, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, it'd be interesting if you could, you know, ask that question to like 100 people or something and just see, you know, see how they answer it. Although you, you can never know if people are telling the truth when they answer right. that. You know what I mean? Like if you, you know, if someone came to me today and said they had this massive offer and, you know, you could earn me all this cash, I want you to shoot this and stuff like that, you know, you can never know until one. it's, I mean, yeah, once it's in your face kind of thing and it's it's basically being handed to you. Um yeah, and I and I don't think there's like a right or wrong answer to the question. No, but I think it is an interesting one to ask yourself and ponder. Mm, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and particularly for that sort of like artist, um, you know, for an artist that is a full time artist, is, you know, stereotypically will not make a lot of money when money is thrown at you. And I guess that whole NFT really thing has really kind of shown a bit of that really, hasn't it? Um, you know, you've got this chance to really make big bucks from from your art. Um, would you sacrifice your values? And I guess that's, you know, the conversation that's been had many times before. I'm not going to go in that path now. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one when people are very um, passionate about what they're doing. But, you know, when money comes into it, it can be... Um, yeah, can something can really change your um, belief system very quickly, right? Particularly I mean, with what's going on with your life as well. It depends on what's going on with your life. Um, no, that's you know, a good you, point, for sure. You might be having a you know an easy life or something like that, and you know you don't need that money, so it's easy to, to just say, I, "I don't want to do that." But then you know, COVID hits and things turn to shit and that sort of stuff, um, and you're really struggling. You know, then things might change, and I guess that's when NFTs really came into it, didn't it? You know, um, yeah, I think the, situ- so. the situation as well, like it allowed people to probably um, make money when they've lost all their abilities to generate income. So, right, it's also right. fact, you know, factors in life as well, I guess. For sure. I mean, if I was like choosing between homelessness and mm. selling NFTs, I'm pretty sure I would sell NFTs. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Re- yeah. It really depends on the situation. So, um, and you don't know people's backstories and that sort of stuff as well. I guess it's hard, but, um, but that's not to say that there aren't people out there that are just, you know, hungry for the money. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 Well, we don't have to hammer that point at home any further. I've just always, I know we share similar views on that and I was yeah. wanted to talk to you more in person about it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, All right, well, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, shifting gears a bit uh, back to more photography, you know, last year you won runner up in the intimate landscapes category for the natural landscape photography awards. What has been your approach for discovering and appreciating the smaller, more intimate scenes? Yeah. Um, there's probably a number of factors behind that. Um, uh, one of them was, um, you know, it, it didn't take very long for me to get over the, you know, the big vista, sunset, sunrise kind of scenes, particularly like where I live. It's not somewhere where you shoot a lot of that stuff. Um, and I wasn't traveling that far. So 
it, creatively as well, it didn't. I don't think I knew that at the time, but it just wasn't something that was exciting me. So I was, I was kind of always wanting to find something else. Um, Instagram probably paid a part in it as well. Um, you know, Instagram, you know, social media itself is just a, another topic. Um, on its own but for me it's provided me with a great deal of inspiration and I just started to stumble across a lot of people producing that sort of work and I was really drawn by that Um, but another factor is probably just my lifestyle Um, having three young kids um, getting out early or going out late just didn't work Um, for a short time it did but then I'd come home to an angry wife and screaming kids Um, and so, yeah, so like I knew I really loved what I was doing and I just, I guess, just had to adapt and try and find something else. So um, it all kind of just came together in that way that I just started finding that I could go out, I could be a whole lot more productive with intimate work or, um, you know, smaller scenes. I didn't have to shoot um, sunrise, sunset. Um, and I don't think I knew it at the time, but it just was a much more, um, I just really enjoyed the creative side of it. Um, I wasn't shooting things that other people had shot. I was just finding my own work. And that didn't happen straight away either. It took me a long time. There was a lot of failures um, to the point where, I, yeah, I just wanted to go back to shooting sunsets because I was, you know, I'd, I'd feel happy about it. So, yeah, that definitely didn't happen overnight. But I think a lot of it was just, um, you know, looking at what other people were doing, trying to go out and finding my own stuff. Um, and I'd probably say, you know, the the biggest thing for me in finding that sort of stuff um, came in the editing part, surprisingly. Um, so, like, when I was going out and learning to shoot these sorts of scenes or seeing them, I didn't really see them until I'd get them back at home. Um, I'd be shooting still quite wide, but then when I'd come home and I'd go through my photos, I'd look at them and I'd start seeing, because I'd have the time, I wouldn't be out, you know, panicking in the, <laughs> you know, in, in the field, I've got to get this in the right light or something like that. I'd come home and I'd see them and then I'd find scenes within scenes in the photographs. So the crop tool really became like a massive helper for me um to be honest yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, sounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds simple but um yeah i just find that i'd spend a lot i'd spend a lot of time with my photographs um in the initial period um and then i'd just be finding scenes within scenes um and i'd crop them down and now i've gotten to a point where i can see those scenes and i can shoot them i still crop where i have to to refine it but that's probably how i really learned how to find those scenes um yeah i love that yeah it's um i mean i love both styles for sure but i feel like uh grand scenic images which i mean you can see the pictures behind me and most of yeah. my work a lot of my work is still that kind of stuff but it's super conditions dependent you know mm-hmm. like yeah. a lot of those a lot of that kind of work um it just doesn't work unless you have really exceptional conditions unfortunately yeah. Um, but when it happens, it's a huge payoff. And if you're into that stuff, it's like you get super excited and it's awesome and blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah. I don't know. I What I started to find is uh, when you're just looking for those smaller scenes, like there's not, it's not conditions dependent at all. No. No. And, and you have way more time to contemplate and explore it. Mm. And to, you know, it's like you can do it all day long. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to have amazing quote unquote good light, you know, like mm, yeah. you can have pretty regular standard light and find some interesting stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely. And, and I don't know, I find, I don't know about you, but I, I find it to be much more challenging, you know, it's like, like, yeah, it, there's, you're bringing more of yourself to it 
mm. um, as a as a creative person than you know just going out and like you know I mean sure I'm proud of some of this kind of stuff for sure but there's less of there's less creativity involved I think in terms of like I mean really what do you need for a really good grand scenic image like you need pretty good composition and you need mm. some amazing conditions <laughs> you know. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maybe that's a little unfair, but I mean, that's. No, yeah, I'd say, yeah, I feel the same. Um, And I think that's partly another part of why um, I started going that path is because I found I was just coming back disappointed a lot because I did have like pre um, pre visualization of like a particular scene or I'd. I'd go out and I'd want to shoot this scene, but I'd already have in mind how I'd want it to look. And then if the conditions didn't come as they never do, you come back feeling disappointed. But I can easily go out and not have that mindset, go out into nature and try and find some, you know, or just shoot whatever I whatever I see. But even if I go out and I don't find anything, I think the fact that you don't have that preconceived idea makes it easy to come home with nothing. Um, and I was just getting tired or just disappointed with coming home, feeling like I didn't get that shot and it was a waste of a trip and that sort of a thing. So, um, yeah, I find I can be a lot more productive shooting smaller scenes, but even if I don't find them, um, I just don't have that disappointment anymore. Um, so that was, that's probably a massive thing for me to, to keep my motivation in finding or, or continuing, you know, with photography and that sort of thing is just I don't don't have that feeling as much. I think if I was always just going out shooting those big vista scenes, um, I'd probably give it up after. Yeah, I just just the disappointment um, and the limited time that I have being able to get out with a small family and stuff like that. I always feel like you know I've got to come back with something. So um, yeah, I think it was a number of factors, but lifestyle, like you know, my lifestyle and family life was a contributing factor to that. Yeah, and I think practicing that style of nature photography, it doesn't mean you have to give up the grand scenes or the condition dependent scenes, but I do I do think when those kind of scenes present themselves, it makes you much better at composing and 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 reacting to 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 what you're finding in a way that's you're taking advantage of those conditions and you're putting more of yourself in the scene in terms of kind of what you're trying to do with it. So I think that practice is actually, at least for me, it's been a really helpful endeavor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're not just rocking up and framing something up where you kind of know it's just there. It's kind of handed to you. You don't really have to think about it. You really can become a lot better photographer when you're trying to you know, frame something up that you haven't seen before. Um, you spend more time with the scene and yeah, um, creatively you get a lot more enjoyment, I guess, out of it. Yeah. And there's still plenty of failure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trust Definitely. Me. Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, another topic. Um, uh, do you prefer photographing alone or do you like to be around people? Um, well, my situation where I live, it's quite remote. I've, I've just been kind of forced into just shooting alone. There's no one very, um, or no one close to me that I really shoot with. Um, so, but I've just become um, used to that. And I think um, I I have shot with other people before and I just find out that the experience isn't the same. It's more probably like a social outing than, um, you know, a creative um 
you know, trip out to try and create photos. I, I find it hard now because I'm so used to shooting on my own to get into a creative or, you know, people refer to like flow state. I find that very hard to, to get into if I'm shooting with other people. Um, in saying that, I haven't had many opportunities to shoot with others, but, yeah, I find I've just got this thing where I go out now. If I'm just on my own, I don't have to worry about anyone else. I don't have to worry if they want to leave, if they're done shooting, you know, that scene. I can just do what I'm doing and just get, you know, into that kind of um, creative flow state very easily, um, and I just don't have to worry about anything else. So, yeah, I much prefer shooting on my own. <laughs> yeah, I know for myself, um, the images I make when I'm, on by, when I'm by myself are better, mm. um, or at least I feel better about them because it's like it's wholly mine, and I didn't. Um, I'm not influenced by what someone else saw or mm. whatever. Um, but I do. And I enjoy both. I mean, I love the social mm. aspect, and I like. I think anyone, no matter who you are, how good you are, I think if you do photograph with other people, you're going to learn something by being around other people just by whether it be a technique or a way of seeing or, you know, paying attention to what catches their attention. And Mm. so I think there's certainly advantages to both approaches, but I think at least for me, the photos are always almost always better when I'm by myself. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's one aspect that I, you know, I don't have, I don't have the ability so much to, unless I, you know, um, plan a trip with um, people, but usually my photographs, uh, spur of the moment decisions or I'm keeping an eye on the weather and I'll just go when I know it's going to be good. Um, but yeah, I think I don't have that benefit of going out with others and learning from them. Cause I know that's a, can be a huge advantage from others. Just seeing how other people operate, um, can expand your, you know, just working on your own, you kind of get stuck in your own ways and stuff like that. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So, um, yeah, I think there's that aspect to it as well. But, yeah, if I do go with others, I kind of just see it as, like, yeah, more a social kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, if I don't come home with anything, yeah, that's fine. It's more just like a social outing kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I think if I got into it more and, you know, more people were coming up or um, and I was able to go out with them, I think I'd probably, you know, eventually you'd probably just figure out a way to, to still achieve that kind of um, creative mindset if you're going out with others, I guess. Um, it's just that I'm just not used to it. I mean, I'm guessing there's some people that don't like to photograph on their own because they they feel nervous or, you know, maybe they don't feel safe or whatever. Um, for those people uh, that might be nervous to make images on their own, what advice would you have for them? Um, yeah, I'm not sure what, I'm trying to wonder what, why that would be, you know, I guess going out just on your own if you're not used to it and stuff like that. Um, it would just be, you know, going out maybe during the day or, you know, um, you know, going to an area that you're comfortable with. Um, you know, just trying to get you – you don't want to be in a position where you're, you're completely uncomfortable because you're not going to produce anything if you, your mind's elsewhere, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, perhaps just going to even a park or something like that, or I don't even know, just going somewhere where you, you know you're going to be comfortable and you can eat actually enjoy the experience i think if you go out somewhere and you, you're worried the whole time then um you're not going to enjoy it you're not going to want to do it again so um i can imagine you know some of the places that i go to where i am they're quite remote and um you know you don't have phone reception and that sort of stuff so i guess that could probably worry some people if they feel like you know something happened or something like that so i wouldn't recommend going there <laughs> straight off the bat but um yeah i guess just 
you know, just working into it, just going somewhere first that you're comfortable with, um, that you're not worried about and just seeing if you enjoy that, that process of, you know, you know, I guess just getting into that zone of just um, completely being, you know, just you and your camera kind of thing. Cool. Mm. All right. Well, you, you started photography in 2017, which like was a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) And I I don't know, you, you might not agree with me, but I think for someone who's that new to photography, I think you're pretty successful and you found success fairly quickly. What would you attribute your quick success to exactly, if anything? Yeah. Um, it was probably just the initial maybe like a year or, yeah, maybe the first year of when like we moved up here. That's when it all kicked off for me and I, I really got into it. It was probably just a combination of moving like I, we sold a house and quit my job and I had to find work up here. I didn't, I didn't come up here with a job, which was pretty risky. Um, so I had a lot of time on my hands as well. Just, um, you know, uh, when we, when we moved up here trying to find work and that sort of stuff. So I did have a lot of time on my hands. So I, I didn't put any of that into finding work. I just put it all into photography that wasn't producing any money while my wife went to work. But, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of it was just spent just learning everything. I, I think, like I said before, sometimes when I, find these new creative endeavors i become quite obsessive um about it and just want to learn everything i can um and then usually after that excitement period it just drops off and i just kind of <laughs> give up but with this it just didn't that just didn't happen maybe because i've just got a lot more time um up here um i've got more of a work-life balance and those sorts of things but yeah probably just the initial period of just spending a lot of time on youtube um a lot of time probably on social media like just look like Instagram, learning, analyzing, studying photos. Um, I just put a lot of time into it, um, you know, probably in the first like year. Um, and maybe that's where that, that growth kind of aspect came from. I've heard other people talk about that before. I think Alex Noriega said a similar thing. Nick Page said a similar thing. I think um, just that initial period of when they were learning photography, they just put every minute of their day into it that they had. And that just helped me quite a lot, I think. Um, and yeah, just being, I think also just living in an area where I can access very easily. Um, so a lot of my work is probably shot like in the mountains, which is, um, uh, like I shoot a lot in the snow and those sorts of things. I only have to travel probably about 45 minutes to get to real deep snow. Um, so those kind of areas are less than an hour away. So I, I can get to pretty you know, pretty spectacular places very easily. So having that and not having to plan trips, I can go out quite a lot. So I've just had a lot of time probably in the field as well, um, more than the usual like weekend warrior kind of thing as well. So um, I think time initially learning everything about photography and then time in the field, um, a lot of time in the field um, has helped a lot too. Yeah, and you might not agree with this, but it seems to me, and this might have, this probably wasn't, really intentional on your part but i think the fact that you've kind of focused on just you know being more reactive and making your images more kind of personal and and not necessarily to you know appease others or try to become popular or whatever i think that's probably played a positive factor in your in your work as well um would you agree yeah probably with that? yeah i'd say so yeah um, I remember there was a point, I think everyone's had this 
point, you know, when they start photography, they get onto Instagram, they see everything, they go through this whole <laughs> depressive state of, oh my God, how am I ever going to produce work like that? Um, and, you know, I need to build my following, all that sort of stuff. And I think I realized pretty quick when I entered like photography that that, that period of building a big following, I'd already missed the boat with that. Um, and I was just comfortable with that. I didn't really, again, I wasn't about, I just had to keep reminding myself and coming back to why I enjoyed photography, but I had to remind myself I wasn't in it for that anyway. Um, and I guess coming to that realization relatively early and not really caring about numbers and all that sort of stuff and likes, um, helped me, um, probably in, both enjoy my photography a lot more, but also produce, you know, you know, for me, just something a bit different as well. Um, you know, it's hard to produce unique work these days. Um, someone's always shot something, whether it's even a location or something that just looks like something that you've produced. Um, but just not caring about that stuff and just, yeah, I guess that the reactive type of photography has been something that um, can help produce work that is different as well because you're not going out with an image in mind. You're really reacting to weather and you're not going, I'm going to shoot this tree or something like that. If if the conditions or the light or something isn't happening there, I'll go where that is and I'll make something out of it. So, um, yeah, it's probably just combinations of that, but I think it does help to not care <laughs> a lot with photography these days. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I've I have to constantly remind myself that too. It's because it's so easy to get caught up in that. Like it is, yeah. and it's funny because I, I, I swear I preach this to everyone I ever talk to. But it's like you're never, no matter what you do in life, um, you're always going to find someone who has more or is better at it, or you know whatever. And mm. so, like focusing on that is pointless. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. But we do it, you know, because yeah. It's uh, it's just human psychology to compare yourself to other to others in whatever way, um, yeah. but I think it can be really toxic. It can, yeah. The whole social media aspect and how bad it's, I guess, what social media has become um, has made it a lot worse. Particularly where that's where the predominant community, um, you know, survives or, or lives is on you know social media because you know, that's what Instagram was created for to share photos. And it still lives there a lot. Um, so yeah, it can be it can be a toxic environment, but it, it, there's benefits. I've seen a lot of benefits from it as well. Um, yeah. That you know, you know, you think before social media, there was you know you didn't have access to a lot of the stuff that you do these days. So there's good and bad, but yeah, you need the right balance. Yeah, well, maybe we can talk about that. What is what has been your approach to finding balance in social media? Yeah. So um, yeah. There's, you go through waves, I guess, with social media, really. Like when you start out, it's a lot different to once you become quite comfortable with your work and and getting through all those hurdles of, of and challenging, um, you know, the thought processes that you go through with social media. It can be hard and you always got to be reminding yourself, um, you know, why you're doing it or, or, or why you're spending time on social media, those sorts of things. But for me, I've just, yeah, I guess learning, like I said um, early on, that um, – that, for me, there was just no point in in worrying about the likes, the numbers, building that following, that sort of stuff. If people like my work, they'll follow, and you know. But at the end of the day, for me, it's just for me, really. Um, social media, you know, 
it can be very addictive. It's very easy to say, oh, you know, it's toxic and this, and, you, you know, you've got to pull away from it and you've got to have time away from it. But then, you know, the next day you find yourself, you've been sitting on it for an hour and you're just like, what have I been doing? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and yeah, you, feel like, and you yeah. feel like worse. You're like, oh, I just saw all this <laughs> photography that's so much better than mine and I'm not a very good artist and, Oh, and it just like brings out the worst in some of us. I don't yeah. know what it does for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think like with, with Instagram, I guess mostly for me, um, just curating my feed, having to mute or unfollow people. Unfortunately, like you know, when I first started, I felt like that was like disrespectful. Way how can you unfollow someone and you know all that sort of stuff? But at the end of the day, like you've just got to do it for yourself and. Um, you know, getting just getting caught out too much in social media is never a good thing. Or spending too much time on it, particularly with a young family. Like, I, I don't want to get to a point where I'm not engaging with them because I'm on social media. So that's something that always keeps me in check. My wife's not really on social media at all, so she's always keeping me in check about you know just just put the phone down kind of thing. So that that helps as well. Like you know, like being busy in life and being away from it. But mostly social media for me is just um, curating my feed. Um, for people from people that I'm just getting inspiration from, really, um, I don't, I don't really use it as a social kind of aspect. Like I have made friends, and that that has been a positive for me. Um, but yeah, I guess there's just a, a line you've got to draw with social media because it can be so toxic and so, I guess, so addictive that you can find yourself spending too much time in there very easily. So, just constantly curating my feed trying to limit um, my time on there and just using it for inspiration that I'm getting. So I want to feel like I'm getting something out of it, not that I'm just giving to it. I don't get much out of it, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know, everyone knows, everyone's got their opinions on social media. Um, and there's nothing wrong spending time on it. Like, you know, if I didn't have kids and those sorts of things, I'd probably be in a different place. I'd probably be able to spend more time on there, but, you know, would it be worth it? Probably not. <laughs> Yeah, I think what you said earlier makes a lot of sense too. You know, remembering why you're on the platform to begin with, and mm. you know, I I like what I like about it, and try to refocus myself on consistently is like positive interactions with other human beings. Um, and if mm. if I find myself wanting to go more negative, then I know that it's time to put the phone away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all different aspects of it. Like it is, yeah. It's it's sad when you hear people that have you know, struggled, you know, from mental illness and that sort of stuff because of, you know, social media and, you know, the, the toxicity of it and that sort of thing. Like, I haven't experienced that. Um, I was actually just speaking to someone the other day that know that was speaking about a friend that um, had built up a massive following and struggled massively um, mentally because of it and that sort of stuff. So I don't really know anyone that that's happened to. But when you hear that stuff, it's just like, well, it, you know, it's pretty serious. Um, and it's bad that people can get pulled into it to that extent. Um, but for me, it's probably just the, the, the time on there, um, spending too much time on the phone rather than just being present in life and that sort of stuff. That's what right. I just try and limit um, for me. Um, right. You know, it's so easy to spend an hour on there and just you just like, what have I done kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just it – probably I don't, I don't experience like negativity – I don't see that. I know it's it, it's everywhere, um, but even just like engaging in a lot of conversation stuff, it's it's very easy to 
engage in a lot of conversation. You, you know, I joined Twitter maybe like six months ago, eight months ago, and you can easily get stuck in conversations, which is a good thing, but also it's pulling you away from just being present in life. So for me, I have to just pull away from that. Um, so <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm the same way. I get it. Mm. Well, awesome, Jeff. Uh, two more questions for you. First question is, uh, how can listeners learn more about you and your work? Yeah, so um, most of my work's on Instagram. So um, I think it's Jeff underscore Freestone. Um, you can find me on there. Um, I'm on Facebook and just my website, um, which I try and update regularly. Um, and the photos look a lot better on there as well. So <laughs> um, I, try and, I try and spend a lot more time. Um, that's one thing with social media I've found that has actually been good is spending a lot more time on people's websites. Um, um, that that helps me on like a desktop, so not just on your phone because <laughs> it's just the same as Instagram. But going on someone's um, website and just you know spending time with their work is so different. It's weird. It's just so different than just flicking through an image, another image, another image. So um, yeah, I highly recommend um, checking out some of your favorite photographers. Um, websites because it's just a much more enjoyable experience. But if you want to check out my mind's freestonephotography.com. Perfect. And lastly, who would you recommend for the podcast? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I've just got a, a couple here. So um, to get a bit more Aussie exposure um, on the podcast, um, I know you have had some Australians, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, Paul Holan, um, he's an aerial photographer, um, which I think would be um, he'd be great to have on the podcast. He's, um, yeah, he, he does a lot of project work that um, he's very passionate about um, with specific themes and topics and that sort of stuff. And his um, aerial work is phenomenal. Um, Luke Sharkey, um, another Tasmanian-based um, photographer, um, he would be great to have on the podcast. He's got his own podcast, um, but it'd be good to hear him on the other the other end. Um, Alfredo Mora, um, just really someone that I'm just really enjoying his work, someone that I'm logging into Instagram for at the moment. So, um, yeah, really enjoying his work. Uh, Richard Martin, um, does a lot of double exposure, multiple exposure work as well. Um, and lastly, Ron Coscaro, so I'd love to hear more from Ron. <laughs> I know he's not keen on um, probably so much doing the uh, podcast and that sort of stuff, and yeah, he seems to not take himself too seriously. So it'd be good to hear a good chat from uh, from Ron. So um, yeah, absolutely love Ron's work and Sarah's work, but um, yeah, it'd be good to hear, hear him on the yeah. podcast too. And he's literally one of the funniest people I've ever met. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, um, yeah. I like his <laughs> approach to Instagram. <laughs> Very yeah, minimal what? and doesn't take himself seriously. Yeah, what what is oh his, his Instagram bio is hilarious. <laughs> I gotta I gotta find it real quick because I think people will have a good laugh. Unprofessional nature photographer <laughs> from Southwest Colorado, a tripod man living in a handheld world. For private instruction, teach yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so good fantastic but his work is phenomenal i absolutely love his work him and sarah have been a huge inspiration for me so um yeah but i like that approach producing phenomenal work but just just having that real relaxed attitude <laughs> not caring yeah i love it too yeah. cool man awesome cool Well, thank you to Jeff for joining me on the podcast this week for an excellent chat. 
I hope that our listeners found what we discussed useful or valuable, or that something that we discussed resonated with them. Keep up the excellent work, my friend. And thank you to everyone who has been joining me over on Nature Photographers Network. I have really been enjoying seeing your work posted over there, and I've been really enjoying seeing how the community is stepping up to provide thoughtful critique on everyone's images. I'm also really enjoying the thoughtful articles that are being published about all kinds of awesome subjects, like intentional camera movement from Alfredo Mora, how to improve your artwork, photographing in times of war from Cody Schultz, and so many other awesome reads. They are well worth the money, in my opinion, and by joining, you are supporting a platform that actually pays its authors for the content that's being produced there. I have several articles in the queue myself that I'm looking forward to writing for MPN, including an examination of gender bias in nature photography, leveraging fun to make unique photographs, and many other ideas. NPN is a great place and the community is quite active again. Just head over to npn.link forward slash fstop to join. You can use the code fstop10 for a 10% discount. That's npn.link forward slash fstop. We'll see you over there, my friends. Well, okay, that is all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. We'll see you next week.